I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined, as always, by Sean Siegel. Uh, Sean, today is uh, one of our favorite guys. We had a great clip uh, this past Tuesday. If you haven't checked that show out, we were joined with a clip from Blair Andrews as we talked about DK Metcalf and was he the dynasty wide receiver uh, number one uh, you know moving forward today it's going to be ben gretch and i want to give a special shout out at the start to ben obviously uh, stealing signals is something that uh, i enjoy reading he started the newsletter this year um, and i would recommend anyone listening to, to head on over and check that out of course you can follow him on twitter at yards per gretch but we're going to be getting to a number of clips sent in about a number of different running backs in, in just a moment but sean as always um we're, we're getting through those weeks now we're heading into week nine um looking you know if you you kind of know at this stage if those teams are are potentially making that playoff push hopefully our listeners um you know have used their own decision making have also gained some advice from from listening into the road of his shows um and obviously are hopefully heading in that right trajectory towards the playoffs but um it's kind of a, a clear window now but i guess i'll ask you is those teams and i don't know uh, if you have any of them, I have one team in particular that this week was the week where I decided, yeah, it's tw- 2020 isn't the year for this team in, in a dynasty situation. So the, the the sale of some of those older assets is, is going to start now over the current week. This, I think, is a, a re- real clear picture. Do you have a, a kind of a time where you see those teams and make that decision? Or is it something that you just evaluate as the season progresses based on, I guess, other teams' records, your teams' records, and how that team lux overall we talk about perpetual reloading a lot on the show so i'm pretty consistently looking to make moves that i think will help the team both now and in the future and will create more paths to victory and so we're talking about throwing in the towel looking on to the next season that doesn't necessarily come into play as much since i'm always looking to make moves that might be considered to be somewhat similar but the other element that i try and do both because it it helps you maximize the value of your current team, but it also really eliminates a lot of this uh, tendency or temptation to tank halfway through, is that I don't have hardly any of my future picks, right? So if you don't have your own future picks, then it doesn't benefit you to lose. And (laughs) you're always continuing (laughs) the fight to the end. Now, I have this league that I'm in, with Peter Overzet, who we have on the show pretty frequently, uh, several of our other uh, favorite guys here from the community uh, run by Rich. And so, you know, obviously people are familiar with Rich and, and love the stuff that he does. We have his worksheet on the site, a couple of the specific game 
previews each week. So if you're you're looking for some of his worksheet stuff uh, at Rotoviz, you can definitely find it there. But that's sort of a weird one, and, and you know I can't complain about how the individual win loss has come out because i play in enough leagues that i'm also in leagues where i benefit from having good fortune but this has been a sort of a bizarre one where i'm still basically in the competition for the most points and yet from a win loss perspective i'm in deep 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 trouble but i don't have my first round pick and so you're especially wanting to continue to battle to the end there i have a bizarre situation in curtis's startup where he has the black crown, which we talked about on the show and talked about on the site from time to time. It is a super flex league in which I ended up with 11 picks in the rookie draft because one of the things you could do in the startup draft is either obviously select a veteran or select a pick. And I selected a bunch of picks. A lot of those guys have done extremely well. This is an exciting team. And yet somehow I'm both in third place I do have my pick because I wanted to keep that in case all those rookies didn't do particularly well this season. And now I'm down to zero quarterbacks. And so the (laughs) push and pull in in this league is all over the place because I could have uh, a benefit to losing. And at the same time, I'm not, not even really sure I have an avenue to continue to win. Now, wide receiver, running back, tight end, I'm pretty loaded and have all these exciting guys. But Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench Dwayne Haskins on the bench. Obviously, I took uh, some risk in the quarterback setup. I thought I was going to be able to land Justin Herbert, but obviously Ryan McDowell uh, jumps in there and, and always grabs that guy ahead of you. You don't want to be in a super flex with Ryan. He's going to to make sure he gets enough uh, QBs to have himself covered. So taking a zero in, in a league where you really need to take uh, start two quarterbacks, that's the one where this week I'm going to have to really dig in uh, see what trades are possible. The, the difficult thing, and, and listeners know this, but in a super flex league, if you want to trade for bad quarterbacks, you have to pay a lot, and then the production is still going to be iffy. In the following season, you still have to address quarterback because those guys are not going to be in there again. If you want to trade for a star, you're going to have to pay so much that you know you wish you hadn't done the trade. I mean, if I have to give up C.D. Lamb in order to get someone I can legitimately start then you become tempted just to sit on that and wait for the the next year's draft. But again, you know, you have that uh, you have that rookie draft next season and those quarterbacks are going to go very very early. Yeah, and I, I just want the one that I have is it's one that I thought that, you know, one final uh, run at it this year and then injuries early and uh, there's a few veteran players on it that I probably like, you know, I should know better, Sean. I should have, uh, you know, sold them off uh, probably this time last year but i i thought there was still one year left on that team but it's it's come back to haunt me uh, a bit of a, a lesson learned there but you mentioned the uh, super flex and you know quarterbacks going down something that uh, you know i don't trade and you know i i actually think that the value is probably too cheap in terms of the player that i did get for it and i'm just interested to see what you think in the two trades you mentioned you know moving away some of your picks you know to to try and have those last rosters kind of loaded uh moving forward and i i moved on from a couple of first round picks over the last two weeks and uh, one of them was uh, shortly after dak prescott's injury I, had a, I have a team uh you know with a couple of young quarterbacks particularly josh allen and dak prescott they were really uh pushing that team forward from a super flex perspective and then obviously dak prescott went down the team's in a very strong position so i give up uh, a first round pick for uh, ryan Tannehill on a team who 
they, their season was going in the, the wrong direction obviously and they were looking ahead to 2021 i i think i i put in the offer for the first and i kind of thought that you know this is going to take a, a couple of you know more picks to go along with it i'm gonna have to work a little bit on this trade but uh, i thought Tannehill just from a from what it was doing uh, you know people might he's a quarterback people might be willing to to move for that price maybe he had him from when he was with the dolphins thought he wasn't going to be worth anything moving forward and now's the time to cash out but first off do you think that's a low price a fair price a high price and um when when a quarterback goes down like that i'm, I'm pretty happy I've, I've won those last two weeks which if i hadn't made that trade i i definitely wouldn't have been able to get over the line um without those quarterback points so What's your thoughts on on moving for a quarterback reactionary based on uh you know a starter going down like that? The good the good side of it is obviously Prescott hopefully will be back next year, leave me in a stronger position, and if I need be, I can probably move Tannehill on for a similar value after the the current season. That looks like a great trade to me. I'm a little surprised you could get Tannehill for that price. The Titans throwing a little bit more. Tannehill, you know, not efficient at the level that he was last year, which was kind of crazy, but is playing well. You see the big game from Corey Davis. They have the breakout performance from Jonu Smith. A.J. Brown we love as this foundational star. The offense, you know, does benefit a little bit from having an early down running back who's such a monster and so to be able to get someone like Tannehill who probably doesn't have you know consistent top five upside but is a very viable starting quarterback doesn't look like he's under any threat to be replaced when you're making these super flex trades one of the things to where you don't continue to sort of cannibalize your team chasing quarterbacks is that when you make a move you do want to make a move for someone who is set and doesn't have a lot of immediate threat you can't continue to address quarterback season after season after season because you do have to leave something for some of these other positions in one of the leagues that i was in or that i'm in had kind of a fun one week trade window last week uh, i would recommend that to uh, anybody who's sort of starting up a league having the one week trade window was an absolute blast i made the offer of carson wentz and a future first for lamar jackson and the response that I received was that that was in the right range and, and that made sense, but that once was no longer someone who was reliable enough with that selection of the rookie. And then obviously he's made a bunch of mistakes. There's even discussion of him potentially being benched with all of the interceptions that he's throwing. Now, Wentz, I think is someone I actually still have plenty of confidence in. I think if for some reason the Eagles did want to go in a different direction, Wentz would be moved somewhere else to be the very clear starter. There are a ton of teams who don't have a quarterback anywhere close to what Carson Wentz currently is. But I do think that it illustrates that in these super flex leagues, you are constantly trying to put the backups who are starting to come into play. You know, I'm obviously going to have to try and make a move for Nick Mullins or, you know, make a move. You know, one of the things you're hoping is that, okay, well, if I offer a future fourth or several future fourths, could I get someone who is even just like a couple weeks bridge type of quarterback? I mean, quarterbacks, are that expensive but the thing you can't do is pay a lot for someone who isn't going to be the starter in 2021 i think this trade for you for Tannehill is a no-brainer yeah the other one i did um and i guess listeners of the show would be no surprise but it's just interesting your thoughts because obviously he's a player about to turn at 26 now in november i think people think he's a little bit older based on you know his time in the league it is his fifth season it is mr tyler boyd <laughs> Uh, kind of wide receiver off the podcast i guess we'll call him but um just making that run uh, one wide receiver kind of short due to injuries i just thought it would be a final piece to make that push i know we talk about like reloading those teams but what what's your thoughts on 
giving up like a, a first round asset for somebody who's you know starting to approach that kind of second stage of their career in terms of of age profile i think this is again is a pretty easy win because in the offseason i would expect you to be able to trade boyd for more right so anytime that you can actually acquire someone whose trade value is likely to be fairly resilient and that you could turn back around and maybe make a creative trade to get even more back while you're playing him now that's one of the reasons why i don't have hardly any of my future picks because you want to turn them into players that you can have now and then you can retrade at the time of that rookie draft what is as an interesting player and i think there's still a lot of debate on him he's one of the guys that we told you you know draft boyd instead of those rams receivers it's not that the rams receivers are bad they put up some big numbers again this past weekend but can do a similar type of thing and i think a similar type of volume boyd is interesting in this offense because we know that t higgins now is going to be a very big part of it it looks like from the way that they call plays and from some of the other players that they have aj green maybe not long for the team another very lackluster performance for him again this week uh not just in terms of the actual numbers but his body language on the field is is gross it's terrible he looks uh the the effort level is is atrocious from him (laughs) but the Bengals are likely to split the targets in a way that boyd can't ever be a you know a top five a top eight type of fantasy wide receiver but he, he has this consistency. He's going to get those underneath targets. He's not going to have these games like a, or he's not going to have the number of games. Everybody has down games. He's not going to have the number of games like a Marquise Brown, for example, where the combination of the difficulty of the catch of the targets and maybe the, the, just the total lack of targets gives him, you know, such a low floor, not just on a per game basis, but, you know, through, through months at a time. I mean, you're not going to get that for Boyd and we continue to see that he runs well after the catch. He's a bigger threat in the red zone than maybe people realize. He had the big score again this week. And so Boyd, someone you can put in there, is going to be a very solid fantasy starter for you. And I think that's not just the case now, but it's going to be the case in the future. Joe Burrow is just going to get better. This Bengals offense is just going to get better. They're going to put up a ton of points over the next four, five, six years. And as you mentioned, Boyd, younger than people realize, he's younger than a number of the higher profile receivers who have come into the NFL after him. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'll stay healthy or that his legs will last you know, at the same level they are now into his late 20s, into his early 30s. But you have to really like the values on Boyd really in all formats. And I, I think again, next year in redraft, we're going to see the same thing where Boyd is a value yet again. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause any time and there are no longer term contracts. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed with our $75 free credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer they have anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. 
I'm Dave Cabin, host of the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. We love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, loyal podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one year RotoViz subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. So Sean, now it's time for the clips. Ben has sent us in a couple here. Looking forward to getting into them. We're going to look here at some rookie running backs. As I mentioned at the start of the show, you can follow Ben at Yards Per Gretch, and you can check out his work as well at Odds Checker USA, where he's covering the NFL and the Stealing Signals newsletter as well, uh, part of bengretch.substack.com. So check that out, Ben. Uh, Cohen and the, the one of the one of our teams here in the uh, on the FFPC as we're heading for the main event. It might be a challenge for us to to make it into the playoffs, but we're gonna we're gonna do our best shot at getting there. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna let him take it away, and we're gonna. Do come back after each clip to, to give our thoughts on that player. So take it away, Ben. What's up, guys? It's Ben Gretsch, and there are a few uh, pretty key rookie running back situations I wanted to get your thoughts on this week. Uh, first of all, I think the big one everyone's talking about is Jonathan Taylor. You know, the, the Colts win by 20 points. It feels like it should have been a Jonathan Taylor game, and instead we get Jordan Wilkins rushing 20 times for 89 yards and a score. Uh, head coach Frank Reich said afterward, that Taylor has an ankle issue, but he noted that it didn't come up during the game, and it's something he learned after, which to me seems to to be him saying that he just benched Taylor or or didn't think he was being he was very effective. I'm I'm curious what you guys are thinking about Taylor right now and what it means for the rest of the season. So Sean, uh, a big topic of conversation over the weekend uh, after after Sunday's games with Jonathan Taylor and his usage so far, and you know obviously we we loved him coming in. We were hoping he'd probably end up with the Chiefs. That didn't happen. Uh, Coles was a pretty good landing spot. The Marlon Mack injury looked like it was going to really set him on a you know a heavy usage trajectory, uh, averaging thirteen point one PPR points per game through seven active games uh, in his rookie season. Hasn't hit above twenty points yet. Come close a few times, but what's what's your your thoughts? Uh, you still like I, I'm still confident long term, but it just you know it looks like the the Colts offense feels they can maybe perform a little bit better without him without him in there as much as we would like this game it was a heartbreaking performance there we mentioned on the show on tuesday you, you had given the sort of opening of saying anybody who lost with alvin cook and I, I was right to jump in and say no curtis and i did lose with alvin cook we lost by two because i picked their own defense and part of what happened there was that our other big running back for that team is jonathan taylor and he scored five points he was eight points under expectation so there's this sense that you know he was completely pushed to the side in this game and that's not altogether untrue at the same time the the points were there you know he got to the like the three inch line on one of his goal line carries and then went out of the game for someone else to score the touchdown they had a lot of opportunities around the end zone where you know when he's they scored 41 points right and for him to have a five-point game it just seems impossible now we're big fans of Hines. we started him in some leagues he had the big game. That's what we would like to see from him. This offense, I think, has been frustrating in part because we don't know what they're going to do. 
And if you have Hines, maybe in some cases you're forced to play him. Uh, Blair and I have a team where we're uh, now right, you know, six and two. We're in the the fantasy playoffs at this point, and yet our running back situation because of the way we're drafted, you know, Hines is just into the lineup, and then you know you see that game from him where I mean he looks like he should be a Darren Sproles type of back, and you're like Indianapolis, you know, use him. You don't have wide receivers, and yet the volume is frustrating. The same thing here with Taylor and Wilkins. And I think the hardest thing is the uncertainty because we know that Taylor is a big time star. You know, maybe he has a little bit of a tweaked ankle, but uh, it was weird the way that all came out as Ben was talking about, because they're like, yeah, you know, maybe that's why he didn't play as well, but it's not why we benched him. We didn't, you know, we didn't even know. And for them to say that certainly they're not trying to cover up for the performance you know when they make those comments about him and he's going to have some more big games the problem now for fantasy owners is what do you do and i think that's the problem also for players who are picking up jordan wilkins this week right because wilkins had had a good game earlier on and yet you look at his snaps played heading into week eight you know he was at 13 percent for the season he'd been under 10 percent for two consecutive weeks going into the bye you have jonathan taylor and you have a good team and you come out of the bye and you're like jordan wilkins is the way to go i think that that's mostly accidental right now listeners will know that Kenyon drake and leonard fournette are maybe my two least favorite players they always go in there and take away snaps from someone like uh, chase edmonds from obviously ronald jones and they run into the line of scrimmage and fall down they run into the line of scrimmage and fall down they try and take a step sideways and you know a guy tackles them by a shoestring because they're two of the easiest players to take down in the entire nfl and yet the team continues to run them out there and they break through for a long run because they do have good straight line speed right so if you open a big hole those guys will take it but on a play-by-play on a play basis you know you're watching and you know i, I just talking to the television screen that these guys are awful i don't necessarily think that jordan wilkins falls into that category i mean he's obviously a much lower profile player than those two guys but one of the things that will happen in some of these games is that different plays are blocked up a little bit differently and so the difference between having to beat guys in the backfield and having a holder run through is really going to prejudice you in terms of what it looks like in an individual weekly performance and so in this particular game against the lions wilkins out there for some plays where they block things up nicely he bursts through to the second level he makes some nice gains you contrast that with jonathan taylor who was used on some short yardage plays used on some stretch plays where the holes didn't open and so then you get this sense okay well maybe the hot hands is jordan wilkins well the hot hand was definitely wilkins in terms of how they were blocking and so you know if you can put wilkins in there and then the offense's uh, offensive line is like okay well you know we're gonna we're gonna block on this play then you know maybe there's something to that i would like to see the colts go with their star and you know taylor's gonna have a good end to the season the problem now for fantasy owners and everybody has a little bit of a different situation but for example curtis and i have jk dobbins on some of our teams to potentially put in ahead of him What do you do when you're looking at someone who you think is a starter like Taylor versus someone who still kind of looks like a backup like Dobbins? And, you know, then do you switch them for the next week and potentially lose the points again? That's an interesting question. I think Ben is going to ask us that one himself. 
We also got some good signs from Zach Moss in Buffalo. He played more snaps than Devin Singletary for the first time this season. And while they basically look like they have a 50-50 split, Moss got all four of the green zone touches, scored two touchdowns. This one's probably pretty easy, but I kind of I kind of like Zach Moss as the better of the two going forward. So Moss was somebody, Sean, a couple of weeks ago who was in our bad books, um, redeemed himself quite substantially this past week. He was somebody who was a zero RB candidate for us, somebody who we liked in the offseason. Um, what, what's your thoughts here as we move forward, um, how this backfield's uh, kind of shaping up? I, I always liked uh, Devin Singletary, but my concern always was, did he get the pass catching work? And then when Moss was drafted in uh, this year's draft, I had a lot of concerns about that. So I have quite a few shares of Devin Singletary, but this was the first week where I uh, you know, sat all those on the bench, and that was kind of a combination of uh, thinking that Moss was – starting to potentially get that work and obviously we've seen a big week from Moss this week but I would have some concerns season wise um for Singletary based on how good Moss has looked when they've used him but it's been a little bit of a an up and down season in terms of what we thought after week one uh I, I would kind of we talked about Jonathan Taylor I'd probably link it in a little bit with like what we've seen with Naheem Hines uh you know it's been a, a little bit of a barn spell in between but what's your thoughts on Zach Moss are you, are you confident um you know, can we rely on him as the season progresses? We really liked Moss as a great fit for both our zero running back constructions and our single elite running back constructions because even in maybe a relatively limited number of touches, they were going to be high value touches, right? He's going to get the goal line carries. He's going to be a better receiver for his size than a lot of similar running backs and might, as you said, take a lot of that receiving work from Singletary, even though we like Singletary in that role as well. And to see it work out in this game, I think, was exciting. This was actually a very good game for Singletary as well. Both backs, 14 carries. Both of them did a lot with that. Uh, Singletary actually above the expected production this week as well. A lot of those more splash-type run plays that we saw during his rookie season. Moss took 11.5 expected points and turned that into 20 fantasy points. So that gives you a sense of how he did outperform what his volume suggested and you know with the two touchdowns that's not a surprise in terms of how it's going to work going forward i would like to see this buffalo offense be a little bit more dynamic than they've been the last couple of weeks they had that game against the jets where they were just kicking field goals josh allen had the fast start to the season but at some point it felt like he made enough mistakes and a few of those mistakes were, were pretty egregious errors in terms of deciding to throw the ball as opposed to taking the sack throw the ball away that kind of thing that now they are being a little bit less aggressive weeks one through five and this is one of the really cool things that you can check out in the nfl pace tool in weeks one through five buffalo threw 62 percent of the time in neutral situations in the last three weeks that's fallen to just 49 percent now there are ways in which this obviously benefits our running backs we wouldn't have had those 28 touches for the two guys together if they were throwing the ball as much as they'd been throwing over the first five weeks but purely from a fantasy perspective and i own a bunch of these of both guys i mean the ideal thing for me would be somehow for this to be a nick chubb kareem hunt situation where they're both scoring at the rate that we've seen those guys score together at different times which again is always difficult to maintain we've seen now this big stretch where a kareem hunt has struggled he's actually done better when nick chubb was healthy which is not really what you would expect purely from a volume perspective 
But I want this this Buffalo offense to be more dynamic. I think we need those shots to John Brown. I think we need Stephon Diggs to be as involved and as dynamic as he was in the first month because that'll get these guys into these high value areas more often we can't count on moss getting these two touchdowns on a weekly basis unless buffalo is more of a juggernaut now some of these things are going to be game specific it definitely looked like the bills felt like they could run the ball down the patriots throat whereas passing as the patriots can be quite a challenge so that appeared to work out they appear to have made the right choices in terms of their tactics for week eight i want to see them be a more dynamic offense in the second half of the season yeah i agree and uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes next up is a, a dynamic offense but it hasn't probably been as uh explosive for the running back and particularly the rookie running back and clyde edward hilaire and then obviously Le'Veon bell uh being you know moved in to the picture over the last couple of weeks i think a smart move from a real football perspective for the Chiefs to have that extra body in there in the running backs room but um change the dynamic um for the overall so let's uh let's get uh, Ben's question we'll come back on the other side to to give our thoughts then there's the Chiefs situation Le'Veon Bell played his second game with the Chiefs in what you know could have been called a revenge game against the Jets and yet Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh sort of extended his snap share lead over bell or, or more accurately bell snap share fell from his first game with the chiefs. It seemed rather than something closer to a 50, 50 split in that weird week seven game that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was maybe playing two series to bells one. And so it was almost in every third series situation where bell was mixing in. I'm curious what you think that split will look like the rest of the way. So Sean, I, I still think there's a lot of positivity in terms of, I think there'll be some positive regression um, for Edwards Hilaire in terms of getting into the end zone a little bit more, getting more positive plays from from his side of things. Are you concerned about Bell being part of the picture? And um, is, is Edwards Hilaire somebody you think can, can still have a, a strong finish to his rookie season? We had talked about through the first five weeks that Edwards Allaire was down there with only Thomas Jones in terms of the least efficient you know, first five weeks of a career for a rookie running back and in order to do that not only do you have to be you know very far below expectation but you have to have enough touches that you generate that negative number and after that you know we we had this acquisition of bell we see edwards Allaire with the two breakout weeks in week six and week seven in terms of an efficiency perspective unfortunately that fell down again for him this past week and one of the things that i think that you have a little bit of a concern in the running game for kansas city is that number one it's not their strength and then number two if they have a game like this game that they had against the jets and patrick mahomes hits on a couple of passes early you know they can blow out the opponent so quickly then you throw Le'Veon bell into the mix and bell i think they might have had more uh anticipation of giving him a shot in this revenge game if the game hadn't gotten out of hand so quickly one of the problems for both of the running backs here is that they went to the pure garbage time and went to the backups you know midway through the fourth quarter so you don't get that entire uh, set of drives of production for them i think it's going to be interesting here 
Frequent listeners know that I was disappointed this is the direction the Chiefs went. I don't think that Edwards Alaire is necessarily any better than or maybe even as good as Eno Benjamin, someone we might get to see with the Cardinals this week. They had very similar prospect profiles in terms of athleticism, very similar pros- prospect total profiles in terms of production. Benjamin did that earlier, didn't require sort of this historically great LSU uh, juggernaut offense in order to put up those numbers. I do think that Edwards O'Leary is someone you want to own. I tried to acquire him from our good friend of the podcast, Davis Maddock, last week in a dynasty league that I am in. At the same time, the second half here for his rookie season i think is is going to be a challenge right i do think that Le'Veon bell is the perfect fit for kansas city or at least the kansas city was the perfect fit for him one of the things that you see when you watch these games is there's a little bit too much david johnson todd Gurley to bell's performance he no longer has that sort of electric shuffle and then explode up field he looks like he's carrying that piano on his back which you know we definitely are are getting from from Gurley and johnson as well where at, at any moment they seem like they could be subbed out for good we had that problem a little bit with Gurley this last week where the falcons were just like you know you can't take five minutes to get across the line of scrimmage at some point we're gonna have to put the backups in and I still have hopes that Bell, as he gets more comfortable in this offense, is going to make an impact, is going to be the good fit for him. I think that it'll allow them to bring Edwards Alaire along a little bit more slowly. So long term, I think it's a good move. I think there are going to be some opportunities in this next month to acquire Edwards Alaire on the idea that maybe he really is a bust. He's a big part of the Chiefs' future. I guess I don't have hopes that he's going to turn this around and be a real impact guy down the stretch he is going to score some points one of the other reasons why you might consider selling and this is part of the article that i wrote this week on moss as well if you look at the five most important fantasy weeks right if you're one of our ffpc listeners and you're pointing toward those playoffs you have the week 12 week 13 uh, league playoffs and then 14 15 16 the race for the big money if you're in a normal league and you're looking at maybe weeks 14 15 and 16 as being your quarters semis and finals those five weeks the two worst running back schedules if you pull up our strength of schedule streaming app you see buffalo and you see kansas city and that doesn't necessarily mean those guys won't score right you can still get down there by the goal line you still have the quarterbacks who ideally are going to move the ball you could fluke into some points you could see those guys emerge at the same time if you wanted to diversify your risk or take some sort of splashy names and turn them into something else the schedule might also give you a little bit of pause for these crucial weeks of the season and then we can't forget jk dobbins with mark ingram out dobbins had 15 carries for 113 yards he ran a season high 22 routes It was kind of interesting that the Ravens only threw 28 passes against 47 runs in a competitive back-and-forth game. They seemed to be a little bit concerned about their passing game, but I still would have expected Dobbins to catch more than one pass, you know, pretty much in any situation where he's running 22 routes. So I think that was sort of some bad variance. He could have had a pretty huge game here. He obviously had the rushing yardage, but if he could have had a few more catches and, and maybe gotten lucky with the touchdown, Gus Edwards got the short score instead. Dobbins could have had a massive ceiling in this one. We don't really know Ingram's status for the, you know the the coming week and and the next several weeks. But what do you think about what Dobbins' massive sixty six percent snap share meant uh, for the rest of the season? 
So Sean, J.K. Dobbins, um, big game for him. Like this past week, um, we had concerns about his use in the the passing game over the the last while. Obviously, Mark Ingram, somebody who we've talked about on the show, has been kind of a um, maybe not our favorite player over the last couple of years in terms of progress stopping some of the running backs behind him, um, but has been a very good NFL running back. But what, what's your what's your thoughts here on Dobbins? Is this like this is kind of what we were expecting to happen, and then we just want him to get the usage to be able to, to show what he can what he can do moving forward? Yeah, th- this is the game that we all expected from Dobbins. Right, fifteen carries, one hundred and thirteen yards. That stop start ability where he makes the guy miss he hits the hole he accelerates at the second level all of those things that he did at ohio state to have that 2000 yard season and really showing off that elite athleticism that had most of us putting him a little bit ahead of swift and acres in terms of where we were drafting him if we needed one of those running backs early being behind ingram didn't seem like a great sign even in this game we had some big plays from gus edwards sort uh, throughout the contest making it clear that he's a part of what they're doing so when you get ingram back then it gets very tricky again in the article this week talking about how i do think there are a lot of similarities between moss and dobbins and what we saw the last couple of years where nick chubb had some highlights in the first half and they really cleared the runway from him. Miles Sanders had some highlights in the first half, and then injuries to his teammates in the committee really opened things up, and he exploded. The Ravens have enough running back depth, and I think the running back depth is important to them in terms of their team construction and what they want to do on offense, that it's unlikely we're going to see quite that same amount of opening up. But If you watch Dobbins this week, both as a fan and as a a member of the coaching staff, I have to think that you want to get him more involved, even when you have these other guys. Is that the way that you're looking at this too? Ben mentions those routes. Those routes are important. Dobbins, more expected points in the receiving game than Ingram and Edwards combined. So we know that he's going to be the pass catching back, but just are there any passes? The big story out of Baltimore this week is just really how bad Lamar Jackson was a problem for Marquise Brown a problem for Mark Andrews also potentially a problem for J.K. Dobbins yeah I think in terms of what we thought we would get from the Ravens versus what we're getting you know it's it's not been good in in terms of like it's not it's not terrible but what we were expecting was a you know what happened last year to probably continue um, and to see those fantasy points being put up to see them like dominating games like games last year i know this was the pittsburgh steelers this past week but games last year they were just running through teams the game was well and truly out of hand you know come the third quarter this year they're kind of struggling to to move the ball the the usage is quite um surprising in terms of some of the players you you mentioned uh brown and you know how he's getting used and obviously he has let his own feelings be felt on kind of social media over the last couple of days in terms of his usage so i think they're they're i think the team will get it together but there's been a lot of concerns around how it's gone so far and there is that kind of slump you know we and we do see it with quarterbacks we see it with running back we see it with all positions but it stands out a little bit more to quarterback position when you see a quarterback have that kind of mvp year have that phenomenal year and then takes a step back you know maybe teams are maybe figuring out a little bit more what the ravens were doing and then maybe it's also a case of just a little bit of regression back to the mean from what we were expecting so we'll see if the the ravens can get it together uh my concern would be just the the the, the number of running backs this team has that they're not afraid to to get involved and to to have you know 
not there, I, I don't think at any point this season we're going to see like oh yeah this guy's uh really going to be the the number one running back and forward i expect when ingram comes back it'll probably be used a little bit more but i've said this a few times in the show i always thought that dobbins was probably a 2021 play he was kind of the, the long-term play and i think uh rest of the season i expect him to have some substantial games but i think there'll be those disappointing weeks as well but i think uh 2021 he takes over the backfield and I, I think there's no looking back then um in terms of his production um we're going to jump forward um once again thanks to ben for the clips follow him on twitter at yards per gretch um and we're going to jump into some rapid fire listener suggestions usually we take a bit of time to do this but um two long shows uh, this week i hope you've been enjoying them behind the scenes today myself and sean had some fun with some technical issues which has uh, prolonged the recording experience so uh, we'll get through these but i do want to thank everyone who sent them in over the last couple of weeks received some uh, to the email address which is rotavisradio at gmail.com uh, we've received some to my twitter feed which is at overtime ireland and uh, some really nice uh, positive uh, kind of feedbacks been left uh, some comments and writings uh, on different podcast apps over the last couple of weeks we do appreciate those as well if you do have a, a time take uh, two or three minutes leave us a five-star review uh, and leave us a nice comment there it is much appreciated thanks to some of the people reaching out via uh, twitter and also via email with those uh, nice comments it is it's much appreciated i do appreciate it um uh, and we've got a few of them uh, recently um also um the suggestions sean we're going to dive into them i'm going to check if have you listened uh, or have you read any of these uh lawrence bailey uh sent in he's he said he's enjoying our suggestions he said his suggestion would be his all-time favorite book f on a winter's night a traveler by I want to try and say this name. I'll probably uh, make a bad job of it. Italo Calvino um, didn't do too too bad of a job. Maybe I, I thought I was going to do worse, but he says it's a truly unique book and perfect for avid readers. Uh, is that one, Sean? I know you are an avid reader, much much more avid than I am. Uh, is that one that you have read in the past? It's not, but I have just finished a big uh, six book series and I'm looking for some new things. I have a bunch of sci-fi uh, checked out. I usually read the first couple pages and, and get a sense of, you know, if the book fits me, if I like the writer's cadence and you know, their rhythms, their tone, keep going. If I do, you know, go to something else. If I don't, it's awesome to get this recommendation from Lawrence. I'll put that on my list. You know, we haven't talked about books as much. I think books can be even more personal and, you know, we're all looking for the TV shows as we try and get through sort of the global events, but do appreciate these, these book recommendations as well. And, and hopefully a few of the, the books that I recommend uh, people will pick up and enjoy at some point. Those will be in the zero RB article this week, as opposed to the Monday article for, you know, anybody looking for that. Uh, we also had a trade mention here in terms of Marquise Brown for Jalen Rager in a 2021 sixth. That was kind of a cool one. I like that trade, even though I do like Brown. We saw some big plays from Rager in his NFL debut. He looks like he will be a star again for anyone who missed it. He was number one in our wide receiver prospect lab rankings. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have him above Lamb and Jefferson and some of those guys. It's a loaded class, but just that you know we do like Rager. Also, we got some TV recommendations here from Steven, and he mentions Vinland Saga. Uh, 
a Viking show claims that it's better than the last kingdom. That's a big claim. So if that's the case, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited about that one. We had some Aaron Sorkin discussions last week. He mentioned sports night here, a fun show says some of the younger listeners may not have watched it. And that may be the case, but uh, if you were turned off by some of the more you know recent Sorkin stuff or it's too serious, or it's just not your thing, you prefer sports, you know, make sure you check out sports night. And then he also has the Orville on there. If you're looking for a more, well, let's just say less serious version of Star Trek, if, if that's more your kind of thing. So a, a variety of recommendations there. I like that because it hits uh, some different genres. Not everybody likes the exact kind of thing. So some fun recommendations there from Stephen. Yeah, definitely something to pick out for for everyone. And uh, as always, it's it's good to get those. And I do apologize, we've kind of gone through them a bit faster this week, but we will give uh, the extra air time next week. And you know, Ben caught us with some very interesting players that we have a lot of thoughts on. So uh, that, that that kept us talking as well. Um, but no, thanks to Stephen and Lawrence for sending those in. And uh, of course, you can send your suggestions our way, uh, as I mentioned, to at Overtime Ireland on Twitter or also sending them to the way off uh, Radio at gmail.com. As always, at the end of the show, I like to let you know you can get yourself that 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass. You can do that with the code 2020RVRadio at checkout or we're going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. Uh, we are ready for the weekend's action. Hopefully you are as well. Hopefully your teams are getting ready for that playoff push. If they're on the if they're on the borderline of being able to make it through and, and get get into them playoff spots, hopefully they get that W this weekend to, to start it in the right direction. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host as always is Sean Siegel. Check out his work on rotoviz.com. Drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. And until we're back with another episode, another two episodes actually next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Football is back in full swing and you might not be at a game this year, but you can bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to Bet Online today to take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE, to get your welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.